0: Welcome to Why I Quit, a show that covers real people quitting their nine-to-five jobs in search of something different. Listen to inspiring conversations where we dive deep into the stories of why people quit their jobs, what were the hardest parts, where are they now, and any advice for people following the same path. I am so excited to introduce Cole Barger, as this week's guest on Why I Quit. Full disclosure, Cole is a member of the Founders Approach team with Phil and I, but I couldn't think of a better guest to share their story. Listen to Cole discuss rising the corporate ladder at Stanley Black & Decker, learn how he quit his full-time job to focus more on his personal relationships, and start a business where he felt he could make more of a direct impact. Get inspired listening to how he pivoted from two startup ventures in the motorcycle space to now helping founders bring their own ideas to life. Hey, Cole, thanks for joining me today. What's up, what's up? I guess to go back, tell me a little bit about your experience in college of what you were studying and where you thought that would take you in terms of your your first role after college.
1: Good question. So a marketing major out of Penn State. I did use my degree out of school throughout college. I interned with General Motors up in Detroit. I I really enjoyed that experience. So I I knew that's kind of what I wanted to do, which is cool. Actually use my degree, stay in this sort of field. And coming out of school, it was kind of between GM and going up to Michigan or staying more local and ended up going that route just to stay kind of closer to the family and friends, took a job doing sales and marketing development program with Stanley Blackendecker. So Power Tool Company was like DeWalt Power Tools, Black & Decker, all those brands. Basically progressed through, you know, my career through there for six, seven years.
0: And tell me a little bit about what your typical day-to-day and work week was like. And then also at that time too, did you see yourself at Stanley long-term in those beginning years?
1: Yeah, so the sales and marketing development program they do, you know, is probably something that a lot of kids coming out of college are familiar with at all these different organizations now. And it's you know, a little bit of like a corporate hazing experience. They've got some sweet gimmicks, like you got a big yellow DeWalt pickup truck driving around for a year. I was going into my local Home Depot store, so I had 40 local Home Depot stores in the D.C. market. Uh, my schedule was pretty much 6 a.m. to like 3.30 p.m., which I really liked because that was the only way to kind of beat the D.C. traffic on both ends. Uh, I'd spend the first four hours of my day in one store and then hitch it to another store and... I'd say I was probably working 50 hours a week or something in that role, once you consider the office time and things at home. And then that promoted into basically eventually going into the corporate office. And I took like an inside sales role, calling on smaller mom and pop branches. And then, you know, as that went on to the the higher corporate roles, you know, definitely got a little bit heavier as I started traveling a lot. We had clients all over the U.S. were kind of my accounts. So if you think of like Tractor Supply or Amazon eventually was my big account. We're traveling back and forth to Seattle. We're doing a lot of late night planning of PowerPoint slides and presentations. You know, I was probably working closer to 60 or 70 hours a week at that point in time. But it's much more on the go. You get to travel. You're out at these dinners, you know, schmoozing customers. There was kind of a fun aspect to it. So it didn't always feel like work. It was very different from back when I was you know driving around in that truck. So, you know, definitely high on the hours, but just kind of the nature of the game. And it was sort of how you just kept ahead and were able to handle all the workload that you got passed to you.
0: As you are rising up the ranks a little bit, are you enjoying what you're doing more? Are you starting to think about like what another role could be or what another venture could be? Where's your head at at that point?
1: Yeah, no, I was, I was like all in on the Stanley Black and Decker train. I had some family friends. My actual random college roommate was like a, a higher up in the leadership team. You know, I saw how well it kind of had treated his family up to that point. I was definitely bought in. So wanted to get into the marketing department, got there and realized, you know, it's, it's a lot of work once you are there. It wasn't, you know, kind of all, all rainbows and butterflies, but it was work that I really enjoyed. Coming up through the ranks, you know, it, it definitely got kind of competitive fairly quickly. You know, the tone changed a lot in the meetings that you were sitting in. It, it became a little bit more combative, you know, trying to get things done the higher that you got. There were a little bit more emotions or kind of egos involved in some of those meetings and, and decision-making processes. But I was kind of drawn to it. I was, you know, just super gung-ho about, you know, being a part of this and trying to help kind of change this brand. But... It was interesting, you know, the further that I got away from the customer, you know, that construction background, the end user of these products, it was like the the more and more kind of BS you had to go through in order to, to get anything done for their sake. Um, so so quickly realized kind of the matrix behind all of these big brands, you know, and what it takes to to make them, you know, what they are.
0: Were you always entrepreneurial? Was that always a goal of yours? And did you see that as a path forward during, during this time?
1: Say when I started, I was kind of undecided, you know, again, I bought into the Stanley Black and Decker, the the corporate ladder was kind of giving me a fix. You know, when you get that salary bump, when you get that promotion, you have a, a direct employee coming under you. Now you're managing a team. It's like you're, you're chasing this high of climbing the ladder, right? and it did a really good job of, of kind of roping me in. So I'd say originally I really wanted to start my own business. Like while I was driving around the pickup truck, I had my own side gig where I was washing dirt bikes on the weekends at these old motocross races. You know, 10 bucks a pop and I wanted to start my Rinse and Race pressure washer company. You know, and then me and my buddies would try different things. So we always kind of, I always had that entrepreneur itch, but You know, I didn't need to scratch it so much because I was getting that fix from the corporate ladder climb. And then getting towards the last two years of, you know, that six year stint with Stanley, I definitely started to feel like, man, it's so difficult for me to have like a tangible impact on this business. Now that I'm at this higher level, it's like I don't feel like the the amount of effort I'm putting into this is coming out on the other end. It started to just kind of hit that diminishing return of kind of what influence I was having. That really kind of sparked back up the whole, you know, desire to have my own business. My my dad's the owner of his business with his business partners. So I'd say, you know, always kind of wanted to pursue that same sort of path. But I didn't want to go into his construction industry. I wanted to do something different. You know, I mentioned the dirt bike thing. Motorcycles were always kind of my big passion. At this point, I was, you know, sort of looking for, for some new hobbies. I was getting back into motorcycling. And I thought, man, there's, there's got to be a good way to create a better sense of community in the motorcycle space and trying to start a website which connects motorcycle riders and and you know helps create a stronger community there. So that really kind of dug its heels in me. I just really wanted to make this a thing. I was struggling to find friends in this new city that shared in the same hobby. And, and I felt like I could, could make a change in that. For the last year and a half, I'd say, I was really just kind of thinking, man, how can I make this – into something so that I can leave this corporate environment because it's really not jiving with me anymore.
0: Yeah. And tell me a little bit more about, you know, that process over the last year and a half. Did you have like a specific plan of like, okay, if I get to X, Y, and Z, this is going to be the moment that I feel comfortable quitting my job.
1: Yeah, you know, it was always kind of a little bit more loose. I, I did not necessarily have a, a savings number to get to. It was more so I wanted to come up with an idea that I really believed in. There was this whole idea that I was going to make motorcycle motorcycle riding a little bit safer. I wanted to figure out how can I create some technology that, that helps you see motorcyclists in your blind spot. I was driving my bike home after buying it from the dealership, very first time on the highway on a motorcycle, and somebody was texting in and driving and kind of ran me off the road into the shoulder. I was like, man, you know this is you're just so much more aware in that time of the distracted driving and kind of the problem that exists. So originally, my thought was, hey, there's got to be a demand for making motorcycling more safe. What if I can come up with a way to send an alert to that user's phone and say, hey, you know, there's a motorcyclist or, you know, a a bicyclist or a scooter nearby. Put your phone away. And I I really thought that this was going to be the bee's knees. Like this idea was the one. And that was the one I ended up actually deciding that, hey, this is this is the plunge I'm going to take. Yeah, you know, spoiler alert, kind of flushed some of that that savings money down the drain on this initial venture, but it just kind of took over me. I had no choice at that point but to go try this. If I didn't try it, I was going to feel like I was always living with regret. You know, god forbid, you know, somebody else comes up with this invention and the whole time all I did was talk about this idea to my coworkers and friends and family. I'd say I actually talked about it too much with my coworkers, friends and family and probably should have listened to them when they were like, yeah, that sounds kind of stupid, but okay, good luck, Cole. But it, it was just at this point where it was like, you know what, I, I'm very unhappy at this corporate job. I looked at my peer group and the leadership and the executive team, and I was like, I don't necessarily aspire to be like a lot of these people. No offense, of course, to them. That you know was, was a happy lifestyle for them but I, that was kind of the two big factors. It was one, I was so convinced I got to go try this thing or I'm always going to live with regret. And two, it's really time for me to get away from this current environment that I just know is not putting me on the path of where I want to end up. It was an extremely exhausting, like mentally exhausting time going through all of this, but you know, it just felt so good to finally rip that bandaid off, make that decision and just go forward. And like I said, frankly, I've, I flushed a lot of money down the drain trying to do this thing, but I was I'm still just so happy that I, I just did it rather than continuing to talk about it for another year. Uh, so it was just kind of my time had come. I was able to make the decision, did get the savings to where I needed to be. There wasn't a specific number, but it was like, hey, you know, I feel confident that I will make more money, you know, in whatever I do uh, while I try to pursue this thing to keep me afloat until something more stable comes along from it. And sure enough, it did not work out at all like I had planned, but it did come to fruition at the end. You know, I'm in a stable situation now, very happy, self-employed. It's just funny that it wasn't exactly the path I expected to take its course after leaving the corporate environment.
0: So was there a specific moment when you knew like, okay, I have to quit in addition, like what was the process like of actually talking to your boss and quitting?
1: there's like three moments that are kind of like imprinted in my memory and one was just this one drive home i was just like so crippled which is this feeling of man i was just such a d-bag in the office today right and i was like i do not like that person that i just was for the last eight hours but it's the person i had to be in order to you know be successful and what my objective was so there's one point where i was just sitting there i had gotten home i parked my car out front Turned the car off and I just like sat there like, what am I doing, man? And, and a lot of people probably can relate in some sort of moment like that where it's like something has got to change. Moment number two was actually I went then shortly thereafter, had lunch with my, my mom and she could just tell like how unhappy I was, you know, and I, I think it was just starting to really show. Kind of hearing her influence, she bought me this little book that I've still got over here about taking the leap. I don't even think I ever read it. It's like a picture book, but just the the sentiment of it was this nudge that I needed. Where just having that confidence from your parents was was very supportive. The last point was, you know, having to to have that conversation with my boss. That part kind of could not have gone worse. Right. As I made this decision, one of my best friends in my working environment was set to become my boss. At the time he was working in Seattle. He was going to move back across the country to come be my manager. And I had already made this decision of, oh man, I'm going to leave. And I was a big reason why he wanted to come work on this team. So that was really tough because I was like, well, I can't tell him now. I'm not ready to put in my notice. But I have to let him make this decision on his own. I can't let that be a factor. And ultimately it got to a point I had to quit before he ever even made that trip across country. So it's kind of like uh, you know, a, a crappy boyfriend that breaks up via text message. It was a bummer, but I had to do a, a phone call, you know, resignation, essentially. It was the closest thing I could get to being in person for that experience. So I actually you know finally worked up the nerve. Uh, I call my boss and I tell him, hey man, so excited for you, congratulations, but I've also got some bad news A- and gave him that news and it really shook me. Actually, you know, later on that evening, I ended up fainting for like my first time ever. I don't have any sort of past history of fainting or anything, but like just the angst of it all, the build up from the last year and making this decision, Having to go rip that Band-Aid off, I ended up, like, having this whole episode. It was uh, really this, like, frightening experience. But it was just, I think, just an example of what I had let kind of build up over the past year. And it had gotten to that point where I had to come out some way. So it was no celebratory experience. No, you know, I quit this bitch running down the hallway, F you on the way out. It was not a very rewarding experience, but it was the only way I could kind of go about it and you know obviously still cordial with everyone there left on fantastic terms. instead of it being a two-week notice i said hey i'd like to actually stick around for another two months worked out great for him so everybody kind of ended up just fine and it was not nearly as big of a deal as what i made it up in my mind during that
0: moment walk me through what were your expectations going in and you know what was the reality behind it especially over the first year or two
1: I definitely felt like okay once I quit I'm going to get this 50 or 60 hours back imagine what I can do with you know 40 to 60 hours in a week and and make you know my business idea into a reality so I thought man with all this time it's it's going to happen you know I'm going to be able to figure this all out but then you get into that first week off, and I'll be honest, I was like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy a week off. And you play video games, hung out, whatever. And then the next week shows up. It's like, all right, now it's, it's showtime. All of a sudden, this 40 to 60 hours really didn't feel like a whole lot when you're a one-man team. It's like, oh, wow, I've got all this time, but I, I can't delegate anything to my team members. I don't have anybody else that I can soundboard this with. And all of a sudden, you know, I felt pretty alone. It was a very different experience. So I remember thinking, okay, well, I guess just got to start making lists of everything I want to do and, you know, start plugging away at it. But again, checking those things off the list when you're alone goes quite slowly. So the first few months, you know, I I made some headway, got some cool things done, but certainly nothing that was going to drive, you know, money into my bank account or even really even getting close to that point. Because my idea for this startup was very software-based and trying to build this big following and user base, it's, it's not an overnight switch to start making money from something like that. You know, I get through the first couple of months, I'm like, oh man, my savings account is dwindling a lot faster than I had expected. And it just became this wake-up call of, okay, I, I no longer have the benefits of, you know, the, the monthly paycheck coming in that you just get used to in that corporate state and i started picking up odd jobs you know just driving in my spare time doing DoorDash. Uh, i started refereeing you know for softball games and local city leagues you know picking up whatever job i could to make a few bucks just to kind of keep you afloat and then you look back and you're like oh man out of that 40 to 60 hours i thought i was going to get 25 of them are going just towards keeping up with the rent and they're actually way more exhausting than what 25 hours at the old job would have been so it was really just a wake-up call in that being alone it makes takes a lot more time to get anything done when you start your own personal idea you don't have if you don't have a team and also just the fact that hey it's gonna because of that long span of time you're gonna need to have a little bit more probably saved up to cover that gap spread that runway or have some side jobs to keep you afloat. So I went the side jobs route pretty quickly. And it was also though a fun experience. I learned, okay, if I don't have this corporate job, what can I go make just by driving around for DoorDash or doing this referee? And you know, figure out, okay, I can make twenty five bucks an hour, pretty easy doing different things. I can I can cover rent with that. But again, the time goes quickly when you're you're the one man shop.
0: Talk to me a little bit about as you made the leap from the corporate side, you know, to starting your own business. How did that affect your kind of like overall work-life balance?
1: So, when I was, you know, making good money at the corporate job, we were constantly planning, you know, a, a group trip to, you know, Mexico or go snowboarding out in Colorado and we had all of these pretty big travel expenses, but it wasn't as big of a deal because, you know, you were making good money those quickly had to go away. And, you know, that's quite a bummer of a pill to swallow to realize, yeah, I can't go swing, you know, a thousand bucks for this one weekend of fun. And it was really dialing back a lot of things there. I did not realize how much I had let my lifestyle really kind of get away from me because I was making more money in that corporate job. And, you know, it was almost like I was trying to get my release by going out, you know, on the weekends and buying a whole round at the bar or something like that. So it was like I was just wasting money in a way of like lashing out from this bad Monday through Friday corporate experience. So that quickly had to change, but that was a fairly easy conversation with, you know, my now fiance, but girlfriend at the time, and she was super supportive. Yeah, let's let's stop spending money. You've been, you know, wasting a lot of it for the last couple of months it seems like. And then, you know, your personal expenses, you start to realize how much health insurance costs. You know, you don't realize a lot of these other benefits So it was just whittling down every expense as much as I could. I got to a point where my monthly, I never knew my monthly expenses could get as low as what they did. But, you know, that came with a lot of sacrifice. It just felt like I wasn't, you know, doing a lot of fun things with my friends. It was just a balancing act that I had to find a new, or strike a new balance of. And, you know, overall though, it it really kind of passed by in a blur. You know, it, it just, took about six months of really just tightening the purse strings. And now that is the norm for me, right? We've been able to keep our costs low kind of ever since then, you know, obviously some things change over time, but once you kind of go through the growing pains, it's like a diet. Once you, you know, cut out the sugar for two weeks, you know, on week three, it's a lot easier to, to resist the urges of the sugar or in this case,
0: spending money. Right. When you were talking about from the job earlier, the more you went up the corporate ranks, you were working on things that you weren't as passionate about the way you were discussing it. Talk to me a little bit about like the work you're doing now. And at the time, you know, how did that compare for you?
1: So, now just to kind of recap for everyone. So, first, I leave my corporate business to try to start a mobile application for motorcycle riders. Womp womp didn't work out. Then, hey, actually, you know what? I want to build a website to just help motorcycles create a stronger community and, and network on the fly. Went much better, but you know, a little bit more of a womp womp long term hasn't really turned into anything. But in that whole process, I get to meet yourself, Dave and Phil and and the founders approached guys and basically said, Hey, while I'm trying to figure out this website thing, instead of me driving around for DoorDash and, you know, refereeing for city leagues, how about you guys pay me that same sort of hourly wage and I help you try to scale your business, you know, that I was once a client of. And I started working part-time on my passion project for this building a motorcycle community platform. And working with Founders Approach and developing basically other websites and mobile applications for small startups. So now that I'm in this space where I'm working directly with other people like me who have this idea, they want to leave their corporate job, but they wanna get things off the ground a little bit more so before doing it, you wanna talk about having a tangible impact, it's about as good as it gets. I'm basically hired on as a CTO, you know, kind of PM, a project manager for them, and I'm helping them bring their idea to life to see if this is something that they could eventually leave their job and focus on full time. So going from my corporate experience where I had to move mountains in order for anything to happen in the actual customer's hands, I am directly impacting how this idea is coming to life. I just really enjoy that. I I get a lot of motivation off of that and trying to help these guys figure out what to do pulling from different clients to say, hey, I've got a business over here that's doing really great with this approach. Maybe you should try doing an angle like this or consider something like that. I really enjoy having that influence you know, and working on the front line of these businesses and the user experience that their you know, potential customers are going to have. But I, I really like working with the founders of these projects. It's so fun working with somebody who has the vision rather than somebody who has a vision that was passed down from the telephone game and the six you know, layers of a corporate structure.
0: What are some pieces of advice you have for people that are looking to follow the same path when they don't have an exact idea of what they wanna do? It's really kind of what we were just saying. It's like the path that you're about to
1: start on if you want to leave your job and, and start fresh, where you're gonna end up six months from now is not where you're picturing you're gonna end up six months from now. I think it's very much of you got to go kind of day by day, week by week, put the right amount of effort into it. Work as hard as you would with any job and, you know, the path will kind of form itself. And next thing you know, you'll look back and, oh, man, this is not where I thought I was going, but this is a prequel cool spot to be. So I think the the suggestion I would give to people who are considering leaving their job for a different path is just know that, like, whatever path you're imagining is not the one you're going to go down. Come into it, though, with the same sort of passion that you would any job you really want to, you know, take over. Just roll with the punches. You know, next thing you know, you might be in a completely different industry than you ever expected, but you really like the people and the product and, you know, whatever mix of things it is that jives with you. And if that is where the money is leading you and your, you know, kind of work-life balance, your happiness, all these other boxes are being checked, then keep running down that path. And then you're going to come to another verge and you could go follow more money here, but you have to sacrifice these other things or vice versa. And just follow your gut the whole way down at every crossroads. Just keep doing what you you feel like is the right thing for where you want to go. And it's all going to work out, you know, and that's easy to say. But in my opinion, it just does if you do anything with the right attitude and just follow your gut it might come out in the wash just slightly different than what you imagine but you're going to get through it just fine and and find a way to to make some money out of
0: it how do you prioritize finances work-life balance all of these things that tie together especially with running a business are there some things that you focus on more or care about more especially as you're trying to think about how to delegate your time and energy towards different things throughout the week
1: for me, a big part of it was, you know, when I was at this corporate role traveling and everything, I kind of lost sight of what's most important to me. And that is my, my relationships with my family and friends and, you know, significant other. I mean, I was traveling 20 days out of the month and next, you know, I, I'm not spending any time with the people that I love. So for me, it was a quick reminder that, hey, my priority is really the friends and family time that remains number one for me no matter the amount of money that comes from it i'm not in search for anything that's going to take away a lot of more time than what i have right now with my spouse you know with my dog with with any of that stuff so family friend time is still number one frankly work is quite a bit down the list nowadays But, you know, work for me is just, you know, I want it to just be something that I actually get some fulfillment out of, something that I'm proud of when it's, you know, at the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month, and feel good about what I did for what somebody paid me money for. Money is kind of near the bottom at this point. If I feel good that I'm, you know, spending the time with my friends and family that I I want, if I feel good about the, the value I'm providing at work and the product that I'm delivering, then, you know, the money that I get out of it is going to, I feel, is going to just come its way based on, you know, what I'm putting out there.
0: Over the next like three to five years, what are you excited about and how do you see your relationship with work evolving over the years as it goes on too?
1: What I'm excited about in this kind of self-employment venture is I feel really good that I've met people that are kind of like-minded in what they see self-employment being but i just feel really confident that i've I've met people that have a similar vision and are following that same sort of gut instinct that i feel good about so what i'm excited about is continuing to grow that relationship basically let's keep using our service business to subsidize all these other verticals or ventures that we want to try out that we're passionate about like this podcast you know it's it's great to be a part of a a group of guys and gals that are open about what they want and then just keep working at it until you you kind of are all there. Who knows where we'll be in three to five years, but I feel confident that I've met the right people with the right drive and the right ideas to get somewhere where we're all able to make a living and we're able to provide something to other people that is is worth something.
0: That was a perfect way to end it and I definitely appreciate your time and thank you so much. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Always a pleasure, dude.
0: Thank you for listening. It really means a lot to us. We want to hear from you as we keep growing. Please reach out on whyquit.co if you have any feedback or potential guests. A special thanks to Chris Dole for the music. Please check out his newest album, Here's to You, on Spotify. Thank you, and we will be back next week with another episode.